Um, so can you explain what your system is? Sure. If all the great uh, achievers have systems, which I've, I've read in the past, what's your system? Sure. So it's a, we, we break down mindset into what we call mental muscles, which is what I was addressing earlier. So like I said, self-knowledge, goal setting, motivation, present moment, aggressiveness, mental toughness, confidence, clarity, even sleep, injury recovery, things like that. We break them down into these categories. Each of these categories have a set of worksheets. They're made to be sport or subject like sales specific. So self-knowledge week one, two, three, confidence week one, two, three, each worksheet has a different uh, skill or set of skills that is taught, a different concept that is taught in each of those things. So it builds upon itself. So let's say, you know, when I work with fighters and I speak to them weekly, you know, we're doing a different worksheet each week and it's as much mentorship of like, Hey, how was training? Like, how did it go this weekend? Like what else is new? Okay, great. Um, well, based on what you said, let's make sure this, this next week we focus on this, this, and this, and, you know, exchange more information. Like what did you do? Well, what did you not do well? And then, you know, get into the curriculum for the week. It's teaching performance, not talking about mindset. And I hope nobody takes it as a diss to sports psychologists right. because we work in, in, we work in cahoots with some, because when someone has a emotional issue or a psychological issue, we either engage them simultaneously or push them to that direction. Right. And the mental performance industry just didn't exist 25 yeah, years sure, ago. Sure. That's all it is. It's all there was was sports psych. So it's understanding now that you can have a subject specific approach. So like the reason, you know, wrestlers and fighters feel so comfortable talking to me I'm one of them. Right. I'm a blue belt. I got cauliflower ear. I, yeah, I wrestled yeah. D1. I still compete in jujitsu. Like all of our coaches or former athletes versus sports psychs are often like a volleyball player and you're talking to a golfer. Right. Right. Yeah. Athletes can relate. It's hard to talk to a golfer about getting punched in the face or what it feels like to make weight. They just don't yeah. get it. Yeah. No offense. It's just, it's just different. And the way that we approach it's different. One's mental health with a little bit of performance. One is very much performance, more so focused on maximizing our potential. Got it. What's a worksheet like? A lot of writing? Oh, you know, um, let me see if it'll let me, you, know, you know what? It's probably not going to be a good idea for me to try to share my screen. Yeah, no, don't. I'm just wondering if well, you I, like, like, what are you asking them to yeah. do? Yeah. So let's take, uh, trying to think of a, of a good one. You could do a pre-fight routine, right? What are the four elements of a pre-fight routine? An element of fun, um, a physical warm-up, drilling, drilling and sparring, uh, and then deep breathing, right? We can, we can outline what a pre-fight routine looks like instead of, because what happens is you, people warm up kind of different for a lot of fights. And what happens is when you get to the UFC title fight, oh, this is special, right? Um, let's think of a wrestler, right? We tend to warm up harder for better guys and less for guys that aren't as good. Right. So getting a consistent routine will quiet your mind. That's a simple example. Another one, um, confidence week four, building better body language and swagger. We have an idea of what confidence looks and feels like, but let's intentionally plan out and practice what confident body language is. How do I, uh, when do I need to display this? What are the times that I can practice it? And what does it look like? Eyes up, chest up, right? making eye contact, um, conviction in your voice, the swagger that you walk in. It's being intentional about things that we, we've talked about casually. Yeah. Nobody really, nobody does anything more than talk about these things or you visually look at other people. 
Another example, right? A big concept we talk about a lot is um, predator mindset, right? And it's essentially, that's what, when Joe Rogan talks about a process to manage your mind, we talk about how predator animals are genetically created with eyes in the front of their head. Prey animals are genetically created with eyes in the side. Predator animals do not have peripheral vision. They can Mm -hmm. only focus on what's in front of them. They have a very limited set of thoughts and feelings that they are allowed to have. So getting people to understand that process, how to manage that process and what predator prey thoughts look like for them, right? That's a, again, another great example. And they'll break, there's worksheets for each of those topics. Yeah. So we're learning how we're supposed to be taught. Right. And then they're kind of can visualize what they're supposed to do or write it out. Do they write it out and stuff? And oh, so let, let me, let me, so then let me keep going on the worksheet. So like, let's say this worksheet, think about in school, you had, you had college professors that either lectured to you and you furiously took notes or they gave you some sort of activity worksheet related thing. And you yeah. probably learned a lot better, more so maybe even high school. Learn by so, doing. Sure. Yeah. There's these, like each worksheet is not just questions to be answered. Like there's, there's things that we're doing within that worksheet. And then the concepts and the tools, they then take and apply in their training and they're competing that week. And then we rinse and repeat, Hey, how did it go last week with this? How did it go last week with that? Okay, great. A great example. One of my favorites is a fight evaluation. Oftentimes we evaluate fights, whether or not we won or lost, not on how we performed. There are plenty of times that we've won and fought like crap. There's plenty of times that we lost, but fought our absolute best fight just wasn't good enough to win. So you can control effort, attitude, and aggressiveness. And you could tell a fighter, hey, go out there, give me full effort, go be aggressive. But what does that look like? So what it looks like in our worksheet, for example, I was just having this conversation with a girl making her PFL debut tonight. Okay, so what are the things that we control before a match? How we warm up, a good warm up physically, all pre-match elements, yes or no, yes or no, right? This is a, I don't know if you guys can see it. There you go. It's okay, a, I got it. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna be able to read it, but you can see that yeah, it's a yeah. yes or no checklist, right? Sure. Yeah. Right. So um your stand-up, what are things that we can control that would that would we can objectively evaluate aggression? Did you make first contact? Right? Are you maintaining grips? Uh I'm sorry, are you are you uh did you strike first? I'm looking at the jujitsu version. That's why sure. I, confused. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. grips. <laughs> Hold on, let, let me go pull up the martial arts, the uh, MMA version real quick so I don't misspeak. So Stand up. Did you strike first? Ring control distance, several shot striking attempts, variety of combinations and counters. When you get on top, did you control? Yes or no? Were you looking for submissions or just trying to hold them down? Did you react quickly when opponent stands and attempt to sweep or you did, or did you kind of let it happen? On bottom, are you attempting multiple escapes, attempting multiple submissions, finishing no rounds? Or on the flip side, are you just trying to not get finished? Yeah. So that's objectively evaluating aggressiveness, effort, never quit, worked hard during the fight, no hands down, no bad body language, uh, fought hard against the cage end of rounds, uh, stayed composure, no arguing with the ref, not clock watching or keeping score in your head. It's an objective yes or no. Right. So you can kind of go down that checklist and then, and then, and see how you did. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, that's MMA, right? So baseball looks a different way. Football looks a different way. Sure. Wrestling looks a different way. We're chasing X's and O's, not wins and losses that we can't control. When you have a fighter that's maybe talking to you or interested in kind of um, delving into this, but they're not, there's not a hundred percent buy-in yet. Yep. What do you tell them? That's a phenomenal question. Um and it's funny, I've never been asked that, but I, I address it all the time. Essentially, the question is, hey, man, 
what, what, what percentage of your sport is mental versus physical? So let's take MMA. What percentage of MMA is mental versus physical in your opinion? My opinion. I mean, I am such a non-athlete at this point. I feel like a phony saying it, but I feel like, gosh, it's tough for me to say it's 90% mental. Even if it's because 80, 75, it's a lot, right? It's, it's a lot. Um, but like, I look at how, you know, like I work closely with Paul Felder. I look at the type of athlete he is versus the type of athlete that I am and, and, you know, similar stages in our lives. Right. And I'm just like, well, shoot, I could have 95% mental. I could have it all there, but like, I'm not, I can't, I'm not there yet. I would need a training camp times whatever. But anyways, um, I don't think that there's any question because you look at, um, the the one that's just jumping out of my head is Hidalfo Vieira against uh, Anthony Hernandez. And Vieira looks like Robocop and he's just this jujitsu wrecker and he lost in the second round, you know? Um, so certainly, believe me, you, you won't find somebody more in, in support of mindset than me, Yeah, but I, so, it's tough for me to put an exact number to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so outside, what I do is I, I just put outside. it on them and I ask them and yeah. nine out of 10 times, they'll say 75, 80, 90. I'm like, okay, well, why do you train almost hundred percent physically? Yeah. Train your mind. If you're telling me it's 90%, you train your mind the same way you train jujitsu. You, you, you drill, you like, you go live, like you do training or do you casually like read books, listen to podcasts, if you even do that. Right. Right. Um, and then I asked them, I said, okay, like, you know, again, for, there's always people, there's always things that we can get better at when it comes to performance, but realistically, um, you know, top level athletes, it's more so like, we want to enjoy the process. We want to be happier. When we compete. When we show up, we show out. And UFC, what does that mean? We want three checks. We don't want just two checks. We want three checks, right? So, you know, we're trying to cash those three. So moral of the story is that um, I'll ask people, is like the times that you didn't win or the time, and let's take any sport, even let's take, let's sure. back up from MMA, any sport, team sport, individual. Hey coach, think about the number of times you lost last year. How many? Five. Okay. Did you lose to five teams that were better than you? Or did you lose to, or did your, your team beat themselves? Right. Did you, were those five teams better than you? Or if you played that game again and your team competed at their best, would they still lose? Well, that's your answer. Right. right. So one of the biggest, one of the biggest, uh, best advice that I got in sales is don't sell a service, sell how it solves a problem. Right? right. So the problem is not convincing people that they need mindset training. Any smart person knows that the problem is that there's a gap in how good we are versus how we perform. Right. So most athletes will, will agree that like, yeah, most of the times I lose or underperform, it's because of me. I didn't get beat by somebody that was necessarily better because if you did, that's no big deal. Let's get better. But most of the time when we lose, and again, I'm saying all sports, yeah. when we lose, it tends to be because we did not perform to our potential. So think about this. If you didn't perform to your potential, if you were inconsistent as an announcer, sometimes you did really good. Sometimes you didn't. Let's say you were a stockbroker. Sometimes you pick really good stocks. Sometimes you didn't. You were a teacher. Some weeks you were a good teacher. Some weeks you weren't. You'd be fired. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to, re, to, to go back to your to percentage question, I, I can understand why fighters would say 80, 90% yeah. because amongst other fighters, if you tell me, if you ask me, if I'm going to get in a fight against somebody else like me, what does yeah. mindset count for? 90%. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so in, in that perspective, you're, you're correct. And I, I see where you're coming from on that. Yeah. U ultimately, you can have all the physical skills, but if mental doesn't yes. show up and, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the details or like, give, you know, give an opinion or say anything bad, but like we saw, you know, 
uh, Simone Biles was a great example of yeah. what happened. D- did she, did she have vertigo? I, the, the twisties for sure. I definitely believe that every single one of her interviews talked about mental nerves, pressure, um, face of the Olympics. Her documentary said the same thing. And then what happened? She pulled out and then came back. Right. So she came back. She needed a couple of days. My point is again, there's a, there's, there's no negative things to be. She's you know, the greatest Olympic athlete of all time. And she's an amazing person, the point, an amazing athlete, but everything was everything that was talked about in all the preceding interviews were all mental. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it doesn't matter who you are, either there's something wrong and we need to fix it, or you just want to get better, right? Mm-hmm. You've never intentionally trained this. Let's say you're strong here. Okay, cool. Let's make this a weapon, not just something you're good at. 90% of athletes though, have to manage this. Yeah, this is why ninety percent of athletes lose. The ten percent who don't lose because of this, let's make this a weapon. Right. Yeah. Um, how does meditation or visualization play in with your program? Cool. So that's a great question, and I think that's one of those things where, like, oh, I do mental training. I visualize. Visualization is very important, and I mean, you've heard fighters talk about it a million times, right? And it's definitely very important for us. It's one worksheet out of 60 in the curriculum to give you perspective. So it is incredibly important. Every single fighter that I work with and every single athlete I work with and team I work with visualize for sure. But you can't visualize doing something that you don't have the confidence to believe yourself that you can do. So you have to also build confidence. How do I build confidence? Well, before I even build confidence, I got to have have self-mastery and self-knowledge too. Yeah. So the first 10 weeks of our curriculum is all self self-knowledge. So you got to build self-knowledge, then you got to build confidence before you can start saying something that you actually do believe. I don't believe that I can visualize becoming an astronaut and still think that I'm going to be an astronaut. Right? Right. Now, I can promise you if you don't believe that you can be an astronaut, for sure you won't. Right? But like right. I can close my eyes and hope all day that I'm being an astronaut. Point is manifestation, I really believe is a real thing. Meditation is very important. We don't go over that a ton in what we do. When I talk about it, I definitely suggest it. I, I say there's lots of science behind it. And I, I encourage athletes, hey, listen, I'm not going to bring you through it. We're going to talk about visualization um, with regards to not just goals, but like the way the fight's going to go, visualizing ourselves getting out of bad scenarios, visualizing our walkout, all that sort of stuff. We're going to do those things. But if you want to take it one step farther, you go and do some research as to the apps and the things and the processes that you like. What I notice is that a lot of these like mental coaches, it's like uh, whatever you want to call them. It's like 80% like meditation and visualization. Yeah. And I think that's very valuable, but you're missing all of the performance components. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all, uh, I, yeah, I was just checking. I didn't know if meditation was part of your. Program. Oh, so, so let me, let me, so let me back up for, like I said, hundred percent it is. And um, visualization is the easiest way outside of affirmations to do mental reps. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm right. the best. Right. We saw right. that with Brandon and Rose. Yeah. You know, and uh, Rose, so I wrote an article for Flow Combat when she beat Joanna the first or second time. I don't remember. I think it was okay. the second time. Yeah. And um, confidence, conditioning, content, composure, I'm a champion. That's what she was mumbling under her breath at the weigh-ins. That's what yeah. she was mumbling walking around the fight. So I didn't used to think affirmations were a huge deal, but the science behind it, it subconsciously trains your conscious mind, one. Two, um, 
it's something, you know, for us, like we have four affirmations that we have uh, uh, all of our athletes say, I'm thankful for the opportunity to compete. I'm aggressive and relentless. I have no fear of losing, making mistakes, and I never give up. It's something that so many of the higher level people more than anybody else are like, that grounds me. Like when I'm, when I'm not being aggressive in practice, I remind myself that when I'm being entitled or being lazy, I remember like, this is an opportunity I get to do this. I get to make the most of it. I say all that to say visualization and affirmation, mental reps is so important. It just can't be the only thing that you do. Right. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of Joe Dispenza? Dr. Joe How do Dispenza? I know that name? Definitely have. He's written, have. He's written a few books and he does like meditation courses and stuff like that. But his, his whole thing is um, science of mind body connection to your, your brain matching your mm-hmm. heart type of it's his is, um, is, is it with biofeedback like too? Is it with biofeedback? A little bit. It's, it's, it has to do with the quantum field, uh, electromagnetism. Like yeah, it's, you know, a it's a lot of that, a lot of, lot, lot of science that on the surface sounds tree huggery, kooky head in the stars type of stuff. But he backs it up with like measuring brain waves and stuff like that. You anyway. show me science, I'm for it. And it's yeah, like, you right. know, in, in, our, in our work, it's like, you show me results, I'm for it. Yeah. Right. Like I, uh, my mom, uh, not, not to get too personal, my, so my mom suffered a TBI about a year ago, a, tra- a traumatic brain injury. She fell, had a concussion, like didn't wake up, like didn't like, didn't go get it checked out for like two, three days, forgot that she fell, had all these issues. My mom is a very high performer, like VP of a big insurance firm in New mm-hmm. York City, like very high performer. My mom uh, went through a lot. Long story short is that she started work. I encouraged her. I'm like, mom, I can't be your guy. Like you can't come talk to me. I'll give you all the advice that you want. You need to hear it from somebody else. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm your son. When you hear this advice, you listen, but you hear your son say it. So I, I uh, she, she went and sought out some, some coaching and this lady was big, big, big on meditation among a lot of other things. She was mm-hmm. a business coach. My mom swears that like that meditation really, really helped her. Yeah. And I immediately started looking into some things that like, you know, I have too much ADD to meditate. I wish that I could, and I'm going to keep trying. I recommended <laughs> yeah. all of my athletes to include the like tougher nosed ones. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, dude, you know, I wouldn't recommend any foo-foo BS. Like my, like my mom, I respect her as much as I would any UFC champion. And she swears that like this really helped her. Check yeah. it out. Help. I have some family members who, who have gone through similar experiences like that too. And I, I, I'll take a word that I have kind of, read about in the last few days and this material that I'm looking into and what you used is surrender, right? You just, sometimes you just have to surrender because when you're trying to force things, that's when it gets away from you. 100%. And that's when it's not going to happen. And surrender is a big, it's a big part of success almost. So a big part of the problem that we struggle with when we get back to this picture, yeah. everyone knows what not to focus on. But so what they do is when like an unproductive thought or something bad happens, they're like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Well, if you had cancer in your body, you can't say, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You need to cut it out and you yeah. need to take it where it's got to be. So thoughts are the same way. Like think of it like a car. I can't park my car in a handicapped spot and hope I don't get a ticket. I have to pull it out and park it in the right place. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say is that like people say, hey, fo- trust the process, focus on the process. What is it? If I went to 10 coaches that weren't Nick Saban level and asked them to explain me what the process is, they would sound very much the same. It would, they would sound a whole lot like, well, show up to practice, work real hard, do what coach says, do the extra, you know, like, okay, yeah. that's not measurable. 
I can't, I could do all those things and not, not do that. The process is like we talked about effort, attitude, aggressiveness, gratitude. So like that process, you can break it down into like those, you know, like the checklist and things like that. My point is you can't tell somebody to surrender the outcome unless you tell them what to do instead. You can't tell them not to do something because they think I need to win because I feel like like I'm going to get cut from the UFC if I don't win. Right. Right. So I think that I need to win versus um, like, and so you can't tell them surrender the outcome. That's great advice, but that's not how they think. Mm-hmm. You have to change the way that they think in order to change the way that they feel. So when they think that outcomes don't matter, they feel like they can focus on what? Tell them what to focus on. Got so it. you yeah. can surrender the outcome by focusing on the process. When you teach them what the process is, that gives them tangible things to focus on 15 seconds at a time. My effort, my attitude, my aggressiveness, 15 seconds at a time. That's manageable. Right. Let's get to Penn State wrestling before we get to Alabama Clemson football. Yes. So uh, it was, it's the exact, it's identical scenarios. Um, so are, do, you, do you follow college or, wrestling? Or all of them. I don't really follow college wrestling. No. Okay. I'm just so into the UFC week to week yep. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so Penn State won eight out of nine straight national titles in wrestling. And it was from Kale Sanderson. You probably have heard that name. Yeah. He's an Olympic champion yep. undefeated in college. So he was at Iowa State doing great things, moved to Penn State. And within a couple of years, they won a national title. Boom, like that. And the first like couple was like, okay, cool. After like five or six years, I mean, they're dogging people. Like, it's not close. They're beating the number two team in the country by like 20, 30 points. So they were like UConn women's basketball, just yeah, wiping yes, the floor yes, with everybody. Just wiping the floor with everybody. But yeah. it's not like Iowa in the 80s that were super tough and serious. Dude, they were like laughing, joking, smiling, having fun. Wrestling is like a lot of this. Yeah. And they were the polar opposite. They're like, if you ask somebody to describe Penn State wrestling that knows wrestling, like DC would be like, man, they're always having so much fun out there. Yeah. Right. So they're excited to score points, right? Moral of the story is that, you know, after like all these years of this happening, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I don't get it. Like wrestling such a serious, tough thing. How are these kids having fun winning national titles? It's like they get to the national finals. They don't know how to lose, right? Like they, this last year, for example, Penn State went four for four in the national finals. Iowa, who won the tournament, they had five number one seeds. They went one for five. Wow. Yeah. Penn State took second with six underclassmen in their lineup. Iowa went one for five. All right. So let's back up. Uh, My second year at Wrestling Mindset, you know, I'm traveling a lot. Like that's first couple of years. I I mean, I still travel a whole lot. I was gone for 22 straight days recently. (laughs) Um, But I traveled a lot with the intention of like, you know, we had to grow the business. It was young at the time, right? Like it was still relatively new. So I'm traveling and I'm learning. I'm at a tournament and Kale's brother, Kyler comes up to me and he's like, Hey, your mindset, Mike. Right. I was like, I was like, yeah. He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm Kyler. I'm like, I, I don't know who you are. You're a two-time All-American. You're, you're Kale's youngest brother. And he was like, Oh, I know. Um, we start talking. He's like, I heard you were going to be here. Can I ask you some questions? And I was like, you have questions for me. Your, your, your family had four number one recruits in the country coming out of high school. You have arguably the greatest wrestler and coach of all time is your brother. Yeah. You, you run one of the top wrestling academies in the country. You have questions for me. And he was like, well, you know, our dad always taught us that we may be really good at a lot of things, but like, we're not the ex we don't, we're not the expert in things. We don't study things all day. You study this. So I've got some things that I'm curious about. He's like, you know, can I ask you, he pulls out a notebook and has questions. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. So he, we, we start talking, we become friends. He's like, you know, I'd love to have you. I'm doing a camp with kale and Zane Rutherford and all these guys this summer. Would you like to come out? So fast forward, I, uh, I became friends with him. We talk a lot. We did a podcast on gratitude that got like a tremendous amount of traction and kale rarely does interviews. And he believes the mental edge of Penn state is gratitude. You hear it in the very few interviews that he's done where he's been asked. He's like, we went all the time because of gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. I'm like, that sounds great. But like, what does that mean? I start getting to know Kyler. Everything's about gratitude. Kyler, how's your, how's your team doing this week? Ah, man, you know, like they're just, they're treating guys, these ranked guys different. You know, they're just not wrestling as, as good as they could because of the ranking. I'm like, what do you, what, what advice are you going to tell them? You know, I'm going to talk to them about more gratitude. I'm like, what does gratitude have to do with rankings? I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. So fast forward that camp Hope in the next two years, I spend a lot of time. I spent a lot of time getting to know his family. I, now consider I spend a, friend in the fight a little, game, like once I uh, asked all the brothers questions, I'm like, why are you so good? Then, uh, why are you we'll so good? Back on dad? The show. Why are you so, oh my, all right, dad, let's go. Anticipation of his next fight. They gave me the opportunity to pick their whole family's brains. I didn't steal any secrets by any means. I didn't get any. These fighters, man, I always love connecting with them. I learned what makes this family tick. So dad coached all the brothers. Two of the brothers are now the head and assistant coaches at Penn State Wrestling. They essentially recreated the same culture that they've been around their whole life at Penn State. So essentially gratitude, I break it down on like four stages really like and I won't get all the details because uh, they know what he wants to pay you to work, right? Yeah, right, right. So, but uh, always, ultimately, it's not just about being thankful. It's about, about being opportunity oriented. Over the last few weeks, and trying to for get them, wrestling is an opportunity to glorify week, God you know, with the gifts that he gave them. So he would be doing them a disservice to not go out there and be excited to wrestle. They love to wrestle. Wrestling is something they get to do. They love competing. They love to go to practice because it gets them better at wrestling. Competition is an opportunity to show off how good they how hard they work, how good they are. So they score a lot of points. So they pin everyone, not because they're better and they know some secrets. It's because they are so focused on performance that it takes care of itself. They're unburdened. So when you when you wrestle for God, you don't wrestle for wins. So wrestling right is a vehicle to glorify God. Right. So most people. And again, you can remove religion from this and it just has to be an absolute truth, right. bigger than, bigger than yeah. outcomes, right. um, not connected to you. So it's, you know, love of sport, love of team, family, whatever. And now mind you, I learned all of this through Kyler. I learned all of this through his family, former teammates. Like I, I, I studied this to understand over the last four years to really get it. Yeah. So I, I could take credit for the fact of like, I took the information that they gave me and like learned how to weaponize gratitude into a performance enhancing tool. But like, I give credit to Kyler so much. I, I call him my uh, gratitude godfather. Yeah. Um, you know, he taught me everything that I know that helps me help so many people. Yeah. So for them, God, family, friends, school, wrestling, wrestling is some fun thing they get to do with their friends. They right. get to go to practice, right? Think yeah. of how many fighters like, Oh, I gotta go train today. Man, like I got wrestling today, right? No, you get to practice to get better when you have an opportunity to advance your career and punch somebody in the face for money. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? Right. Remember when you were living out of your car and you had four jobs and you were working till three o'clock in the morning? Yeah, you would have given your left leg to get the call for the contender series, wouldn't you? Now, now you feel like it's an obligation to go show up for wrestling, right? right. You would right. have done anything on the planet to get there. So back up, uh, 
opportunity versus obligation. They're having so much fun. They're so excited because they're thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. They wrestle for a purpose bigger than themselves. But it comes down to like, they're so thankful to wrestle that they treat it as an opportunity. Like it's limited. Right. So you make the most of opportunities. What are opportunities for us normal people? Hunting, fishing, vacation. You don't complain that you wake up at 5 a.m. to go fishing. You're excited that you get to fish. You don't complain that you sit in a deer blind, freeze your ass off for five hours and then shoot nothing. You're just excited that you got the chance to hunt. So when you learn to teach that to athletes, it unburdens them. And when you're unburdened, you're free to be at your best, like Jen said after her interview. And ultimately, they compete so well because they are so focused on performance and being they're so thankful to be there that they don't care about winning and losing. So when you focus on the fun, it's a lot easier to win the fight. Right. And they recruit that culture in. And that's why gratitude, like I said, gratitude is more like, yes, I'm thankful and I'm, I appreciate things, but I'm also focused on opportunities, opportunities to get better. That's what practice is. Competition is an opportunity to show my skills, not an obligation to win. I don't have to beat the number one kid in the country. I get to wrestle the number one kid in the country, right? Yeah. It completely yeah. switches it from like, damn, man, like this is a big gap in rankings for me versus like, I like all I could do is go as hard as I can for six or 15 minutes. Let's see how good I am. Yeah. Yeah. So they can surrender outcomes because they're focused on something completely different and everything that they focus on produces dopamine. And that's, and that's like the big key is that they're so excited. That's why they're having fun. When you're excited, you're not nervous. You don't have room to be nervous. You're just excited to be there. So what do you do? You take chances. What does that mean? You score points. Yeah. And that's, that's why they've won eight out of nine years. Now, Alabama football, they came up with the best system of recruiting, fundraising, uh, X's and O's, whatever. Why did Dabo come in and completely turn them upside down? My guess, similar to almost identical systems, Penn State and Ohio State wrestling, almost identical in the way that they recruited leading up to, I don't know about the last couple of years, but when they were like neck and neck and neck and neck, yeah. almost identical faith-based culture. They recruit all faith-based athletes, everything. Like you listen to the athletes, they sound very similar. There were some key differences, but like very similar. So Clemson and Alabama, when it comes to football and recruiting and fundraising, probably very similar. Yeah. The biggest difference. And I think you touched on it, but the biggest difference, Dabo puts God first. And, and, and when you, when you bring faith into the, into the, um, the word here when you bring faith into the equation it Mm -hmm. becomes a mental edge that is hard to replicate you can replicate it right but when you when you god's in control not me not the ref all i'm in control it is my effort my attitude and how aggressive i'm willing to be so when you recruit a culture where faith is a big part of it 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 trumps someone with as good or equitable talent because they are able to easily surrender outcomes because they know they're not in control right Right. And they do things for a much bigger purpose. It's much bigger than them. And that's the only thing that beats what Alabama's got. Yeah. Uh, I I appreciate you uh, coming on the show, Mindset Mike. It was was nice to meet you. And it was nice to hear all about your expertise in this. I hope the listeners can, I think that the listeners could get a lot from this. I know I certainly did. So I thank you, man. For sure. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. And, you know, the goal is, uh, 
if you can teach somebody to get the most out of yourself using sports or work, or whatever is the vehicle, you teach them how to get the most out of themselves in life. Yeah. The biggest thing, like my biggest goal, and one of the big things that came out of, you know, learning what things that make Penn State great, a big thing about them, and it's similar to gratitude is, are you happy? Why aren't you happy? What could we do to make you happier? So the enjoy being happy to train and excited to get better, being yeah. excited to fight, not stressed as to what's going to happen. Life is just so much better when you can be present in the moment and be happy. You yeah. choose to be happy or miserable. It takes the same energy, just very different results. Yeah. Well, I've, I've turned this show into a bit of mindset kind of not only just learning about fighters but learn from the fighters right and so i thought you'd be the perfect guest to bring on uh to kind of learn from thank you somebody who the fighters learn from as well so sure mike thanks a bunch man we'll uh we'll have to talk again soon absolutely thank you so much